off the elevator, y'all. Jesse? Joseph? Are you good? I'm wonderful. Are you finally good? You know, it takes me a minute to get situated. I don't know why you're always riding me about that. Because it's every single time. And, and look how wonderful things turn out. Remember that one time when you didn't let me take my time to get ready, and then all the stuff happened, and then we got half of a podcast recorded, and I had to dip. See what happens when I'm not together? Nonetheless. What's going on? We are here with Darby Hopper. Hopper. I always think of that. I'm sorry. Think of that commercial. Y'all seen that commercial, that Dish Network commercial? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yep. The Hopper. I, I ain't never no. seen it. Some pizza and beers. I no? got made okay. fun of a lot for that. Did you? Mm-hmm. Love that commercial, yep. man. Now I'm going to have to show it to you when, we leave, when we're done. The, it's Dish Network. I'm just I'm sorry. The uh, <laughs> the little Ratchelooney, Cooney, uh-huh. is highly upset he did not get to come. I was hoping he was going to be here. And meet Dark. Don't say that. Cause he's going <laughs> he's, he's to say, see, I could have went, daddy. I could have went, daddy. Yeah. I'm sure I'll meet him. Are you guys coming to Chaz Race? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll be there. Uh, we're supposed to be doing something. I don't know yet. So It's going to be a long day. I mean, was I invited? I feel like you didn't invite me. Uh, I don't have to invite you. Chad invited everybody. Mm-hmm. Chad yeah. did not invite me because I didn't talk to Chad. Do you listen to the podcast? Uh, sometimes. Okay, well, evidently you didn't listen to that one. Maybe. Then you would know that you're invited. As a matter of fact, we talked about it on one of our podcasts. No, open-ended invitations. It's when people are like, come on over whenever you want. People don't just go over whenever they want. He said, even if you ain't running, come out. Uh-huh. My dad's going to be there. That is not the same as intentionally inviting someone. But I feel like you should run if you're if you're coming because... First of all, y'all, if y'all see me running, y'all better run because there is a serious reason. We need somebody to represent off the elevator there. In the running, because I'm going to be doing other stuff. Oh, you're going to be doing red-blooded? No, I'm going to be... Helping out? Helping, yeah. When is it? The 11th, September. Yep, there's going to be a lot of barbecuing that needs to be done. I know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not barbecuing. I don't don't know what what me and Cooney's doing. Are we going to get some t-shirts? Are we representing? I mean, is that what we're trying to do? I don't know what we're doing. All right. We'll talk about it later. Right now, we are in our Murchy, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I feel like yep. I, when you told me that initially, that you made it up. That you I'm, never heard of our Murchy? Wow. No. But I, I Googled it, and we looked at it on the map. But I knew for sure that that was one of them words that you make up. Yeah, no. I have treated so many coons up here <laughs> in our Murchy. I'm serious. Oh, sorry. I used to hunt the valley. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Everybody uh, hunts there. I yep. used to hunt the valley. I've hunted on 156. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that that Texas Death Valley or whatever you were doing? <laughs> big, big Texas Valley. Big Texas Valley. I feel like there was death in there somewhere, no? No. Oh, no, it's Big Texas Valley. There Everybody is. lives there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a little Texas Valley, too. But I've hunted all over this place. That's awesome. I'm just saying the first concert I ever went to was Little Texas. <laughs> I was just random food for thought when you said that. Darby, when you was picking a co-host uh-huh. for your podcast, yeah. what, what was the criteria you used? Smarter than me. Check. <laughs> wow. <laughs> can can form better sentences, I guess. Check. And not get as fired up as I do. Check. I, I, okay. Well, I'm I mean, so, I'm sorry perfect. for feeling uh-huh. some kind of way. <laughs> 
No, no, for real. Sorry, it's not all about me. I'm I'm glad we got together. Me We're, too. I'm glad. Um, this is awesome. I'm glad you uh could let us use your studio here because ours is in shambles. Well, you see at mine time, at the time. Yeah, it's but, in, well, yeah. it's a work in progress. It's looking good, man. And it's hot, but we're here. I feel like it's exactly the same. Ours is a work in progress, and it's hot. I feel oh. like we're right at home. Yeah, yeah, nonetheless. Yeah. I'm just saying. So what yeah. you been doing, Darby? What you been up to? Well, now that I got out of high school, I figured I should start working right. again. Right. So I got a job. I got a couple jobs now, and I'm starting EMT school Monday. Wow. And I mean, then, he, he just said... I'm, when I got out of high school. Did you just get out of high school? Just graduated, yep. Our Murchie wow. High? Our Murchie, yep. Good deal. I mean, is there any other high here? What? Rome. <laughs> Rome Floyd's got. Rome High. Coosa. Coosa. Pepperell. Model. Our Murchie. Darlington. Yeah. But our yeah. Murchie only has one, a high school. Yep, one high school. One, yep. one high school. Mm-hmm. Coosa is one high school. And you, I live. You in, can't look at me. And, and I live. I live in Coosa. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. Now yep. you want to talk about trimming some coons, son? I've treated way more coons in Coosa really? than I have our. Yeah, I've never hunted out in Coosa. I hunt up in Arrigan. Do you? That's where okay. we hunt. Yeah. Yeah. We uh we used to hunt them river bottoms over there in Coosa. There's a bunch of creeks and yeah. it's just swampy mess yeah. in Coosa. It doesn't smell good either. I'm talking about wearing it out Ugh. over there. Um. So, yeah, we come up here to our Murchie, Jesse. Joseph. Before I get to the end, you're going to say, you didn't ask me what I've been doing. What have you been doing? That's not true. What have you been doing? What have I been doing? Working. I had a sick kid most of the week. Not the Rona. Even though I got stared at like the young and had the plague everywhere I went. I mean, it was like I felt like I needed to tack it on his back that says, I do not have the Rona. Yeah, he had that dry cough. I'm sure a lot of people was jerking their heads. I mean, and then they're looking at me like, what kind of mama brings their kid out? I'm like, they told me to give him Zyrtec. I mean, he didn't have a fever. Like, he looked sick and he sounded sick, but I mean, I don't know. So, it was a little stressful working from home and uh, taking care of a sick eight-year-old. Bless his little heart. But he finally went back to school on Friday. Finally went school so that that was my week in an in a nutshell this is the third third podcast i've done this week i just been podcasting left and right i mm. feel like you're real serious about it i ain't playing podcasts wear me out they did bad you know they ain't stressful Mm-mm, but you no. put a you put a lot yep. into them mm-hmm. definitely you yep. put a lot into them i um I, i've I feel led to do the ones I'm doing, and I feel every time I, I I hit the stop button that I failed in some way. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? I agree. I feel the same way. And uh, it, man, it just it puts mm-hmm. a whooping on you. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way at all. But you have me as a host. Wow! So, I'm going to need you to shrink that head <laughs> just uh-huh. a little yep. bit. Man. Because what we what, give is equal what, what every I, single time. And I, when you sit there and say, I failed, what, what I, you say is we failed. What I'm saying is I can tote your burden. Just, just come on with it. Wow. I, I think that's the quality We're gonna of We're going to have an off-the-mic off the discussion <laughs> about your 
perception of how you fail. Does your does your co-host and whatnot get as crunk as that with a snap of a finger? No, he he just sits there and takes it. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm that that is not me, nope. brother. Not but no, 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 uh-huh. no, no. But really, how can you? Okay, well, look. This is about Darby. I'm gonna need you to stop talking about your feelings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, I talked with Darby a little bit on Instagram, and we've talked on the phone mm-hmm. and through yep. text messages. And I'm sure, just like a lot of people that's reached out to you, mm-hmm. heard you on the Three or Seven podcast. Yeah, that's how I met most everybody. Right. You know, really, and then. These are the people that I met from that are the ones that I wanted to know right, and really right, wanted to meet. Right. And that's it. It's what I needed at the exact time. Well, so. it's, it's no coincidence you said it because, you know, I was on there myself. And mm-hmm. the experience in and of itself, totally, the people that's come into my life and feeling led to do this with Jesse, mm-hmm. um, yep. dude, has just blowed me away. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's, it's, it's all crazy. God. I give all the glory to God. It's right. just a, a steamroll mm-hmm. of just glory. It is. And praise. That's right. What do you think, Jesse? I think it's like the world's best spinoff. There is a bunch of spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you think about yeah, it, of, there of, is. of being on the 307 right. Project. Yeah, a lot of people. I think it just kick-started people. Yeah. Right. So it, I mean, because like, you've listened to it for a long time, and then you, we, you shared it with me, and then we listened to it, and then I listened to it, and then it was still... I mean, it was still a grip after that before we started talking about it. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that the piece, a lot of the people that reach out on our Instagram, like when you, in some weird way, you know, like the, they use this, what is it, six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I think yeah. of. Like it somehow, some way ties back to it. Yeah, it's It's, it's awesome. pretty cool. Well, you know, I got to thinking when I was on, on the podcast, mm-hmm. Uh, even driving away, man, I wish I'd have said this different. I wish I'd have said this different, or I could have said that. And then two months later, it mm-hmm. was, oh, man, I should have said this. And, you know, you get so many people. I think the power in it, I, I skipped ahead a little bit. I think for me the power in it is once I gave that testimony, mm-hmm. the people that reached out to me. Right. And said, hey, dude, that helped me. Or, hey, have you ever thought of this? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Have you ever thought of this? Or, you know, and just mm-hmm. people that are, you know, have good contacts with other people. Did you, did you feel that power, the, man? The exact same thing. When I was driving off, I was thinking, man, that was awful. Like, I didn't do right. – I, sh- I should have said this, should have said that, because there's so much more that could have been said, but – I mean, I was praying when I knew that I was going to be on the show. I was praying the whole after. As soon as I found out, I was like, "Man, Lord, whatever I'm supposed to say, just right. let me say it." And you know, because I it doesn't matter. It's not me. I want whatever needs to come out, come out. I don't want to say anything right. to put somebody off or you know that wouldn't help somebody. So right. I mean, I think that's what I did because of the response from it. And I, I mean, I think you found that too. Right. So. I think it's exact. I mean, for me, I don't have any of those thoughts, usually ever. I, um, uh, oh, I just, okay, I you. just, yeah, I just come, and I, you know, I take my my minute to get myself right that you so well, you really know, make fun of. But then I, I give it all, and then I leave it, and then I walk away from well, it. Right. Well, you you have, uh, you know, I was just 
joking with you at the beginning. But Jesse has a way of listening and pausing while she's still articulating what she says that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And I, that may be a reason that you that you're able to just come just full force raw. This is what I got. This is what it is. That 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 may be the possibility because I'm I'm emotional, mm-hmm. and, and right. I have been ever since I was a little bitty corn. Oh, little tender hearted corn. It don't take much for me to oh, cry. Stonewall Jesse. Oh. And so I, you know, my emotions. I let, I let them get the best of me mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. You know, especially in this kind of environment. Right. But I, but I also had the thought too is that's who I was that day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So I'm sure that's who Darby was. That it was. Day. Yep. Um, that's exactly right. I agree. You have been, for me, since we started off the elevator, not like we've got hundreds of es- uh, episodes, but one of the most anticipated guests on the podcast. Appreciate that. Um, me and Jesse talked and prayed about asking you to be on there, mm-hmm. on here, and uh, it definitely worked out the way it was supposed to. What do you think, Jesse? Absolutely. And uh, we get to hear what Darby is today. Uh-huh, yep. And we're excited to hear that. And like I said, I know Cooney's upset. and he, He's probably so upset he might not even listen to this episode. Nah, he will. Yeah. I'll see him, though, at the race. I'm excited to meet him. I've been wanting to meet all you guys forever, and I'm <laughs> glad it finally happened. Right. So, so uh, just break it down, man. Just, just, you know. Where are we going to start? From birth? Well, you know, we had a... We had a couple of requests. I did. I told Jesse about one of them. Mm-hmm. Somebody was asked me. A buddy of mine's wife sent asked through him. You know, we've heard a lot of y'all talk about your addictions. We've heard other people talk about their addictions, mm-hmm. y'all's opinions, y'all's faith, y'all's thoughts on all that. Do you have anybody you could talk to that seen addiction and wasn't addicted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, this is something I've been wanting to talk about for a right. long time because there's not, you know, I can't sit down with my co-host and talk to him about it because he's, right. you know, he still has his. Pa- I mean, of course, he has his struggles, but none of his parents have been addicts or mm-hmm. you know anything like that. So right. it's I need to talk to somebody about it that is not, and it's not for me. This is not me trying to get problems off my chest. Right. You know, this is to try and help people. So I hope this is what this episode does. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. Go, go ahead. Um, you know, it's for us because addiction is so self-centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that, and that's not a knock on anyone because, you know, we, we, as you know, we both have had an addiction to alcohol mm-hmm. right. um, amongst the, you know, other addictions in our lives. Um, and we just, you know, it's hard for us sometimes, which is hard for anyone, mm-hmm. to understand how that affected our family. Now, we have right. the benefit of each other mm-hmm. to point out where we're wrong or where it's sideways or where we can't see the other side. Right. Um, you know, in, in having, you know, our friendship and knowing each other's family. I mean, just different things like that. Mm-hmm. But it is something that doesn't get talked about in a positive manner that much. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, and for people who are in recovery, 
I, and I speak for myself, but I feel like I can say for him, I mean, our number one goal is to be better, to be better spouses, to be better parents, to be better friends. Right. And, the, you know, the best way to do that is to hear the people who have experienced us mm-hmm. right. from the other side. Yeah. Because exactly. it is definitely different for, you know, I mean, they have a whole group um, specifically for children of alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Like they have an entire recovery group, you know, for that. So it's, it, is, it is a thing that isn't talked about mainstream wise but it's important for recovery for everybody's recovery right i agree definitely so so let's just start just tell a little bit about yourself Mm -hmm. we know you graduated from our mercy high school yeah i just graduated uh i like to run ultra marathons well i wouldn't say i like to but (laughs) i I mean i started to say when anyone says they like to run yeah I, i i mean i don't even know and every time i see chad i think of forrest gump and he might be the only person i ever Uh know that liked to run But uh, ultra marathon, for us people who don't run like myself, Mm -hmm. how many miles is that? Anything over a marathon, and I mean, I don't count a 27-mile run on ultra marathon. It's got to be 31 or more. Stop playing with me. In my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So, but it all comes, the running thing, it all comes from what happened in the past, why I do it. It's not, it's not because I want to. Because, it ha- I mean, like, I have to do it or else yeah. I will fall into, you know, I wouldn't even say depression, just. It's a healthy, it, it, it it's is. a healthy outlet. That's right. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, really, it's my time to be with God because I feel him more mm-hmm. while I'm running than anything. So, right. if I don't have that time, yeah. you know, then what, when am I going to get it? And the longer, I, the longer I start to push myself, the longer distances I go, I hear more from him. Right. So these races is just a way that I hear more from him. Right. I get something out of it. Uh, yeah, it's every a type of meditation. Time. That's right. Yeah, it's definitely a type of meditation. And and you know that that too. When people say, all, I hear all the time, especially for you know in recovery, when we you know replace one addiction with the other, mm-hmm. right? We quit drinking and we start you know we eat a lot of sweets or we get obsessed with you know uh, exercise and mm-hmm. you know I think that. We do what we need to do, and we and we have to moderate that. Right. And, you know, as time goes by, I think you will probably find other healthy outlets. I mean, your Definitely. podcast is one. It is. Um, so, it, you know, you will have other ways to, to deal, to meditate. Right. Yeah, and that podcast, and, you know, I'm trying to start a nonprofit right now. You know, yeah. that's a bunch of paperwork. But we're, we're doing the things that we'd be doing anyways. We just don't have the title yet. Right, yeah. um, right. So what's the nonprofit? It's called The Unknowns, and the whole goal is to tell stories. Give people an outlet to tell their story on different things that are happening. So addiction, homelessness, PTSD, veterans, homeless veterans, whatever. The sky's the limit. Any, any world yeah. problem that's going on, we want to tell it right. in a way that there's no filter on it. Right. Whatever it is, you know, we want to see it that's so, awesome. and tell it. So Interesting. And, of course, help the community help. And we all are really... Another main goal of it is to showcase other organizations that are just dealing with that problem. Right. So working with, uh, like, a homeless shelter, showing off what they're doing so other people can see that, and the goal would be to support them. Right. So. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. You that's got what we're trying to do. Sh- so. Showing the positive on something that somebody perceives as being negative. That's right. Shining the light mm-hmm. on the solution. Yeah, exactly. Or, 
attempting to get to the solution. Mm-hmm. That's right. And as we've learned in this whole process for ourselves, it, you know, living it out loud makes the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. It does. You know? And for the longest time, I was, my childhood, you know, I couldn't, there was nothing I could do. I was just scared little kid, mm-hmm. is what I say. And I was, you know, I couldn't say what I felt. I couldn't tell my story. I couldn't tell anybody anything that was going on right. with, you know, me. And uh, and I just feel like I owe it to people to give right. them that. Not somewhere where they can just come vent. Of course, they can vent to me, but not vent to everybody, but to show that, hey, this is a problem or that's a problem. Right. And it needs to be addressed. Right. So. Right. And it, it's, you know, it's showing that. Despite what happens to you, mm-hmm. God has carried you through. That's right. And will continue to carry you through, mm-hmm. no matter the trauma, no matter the experience. And that's, you know, for us, as you said a little while ago, being in the solution, that's where we, that's where we like to be. Right. Um, otherwise, then, you know, we're, we don't have a, I should say, I, I, don't ha- I don't have as much a victim thought process as I did in addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, for me to stay right sized, that's what I have to do. Yeah. You know, exercise mm-hmm. is just one of them, but but being in the solution and and hearing other people in the solution is what keeps me right sized. Right. So so you, Darby, you experienced addiction without being an addict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. So at a very young age, you know, I'm I, you know I, when I listened to you on the podcast, I started thinking to myself, what was the age? where I actually started remembering things mm-hmm. that I do remember now. Right. Um, and it's, it, seemed to, it seemed to me that uh, maybe when things are more traumatic, unfortunately, they're easier to remember. Yeah, that's it. Um, so just, just start at your childhood, man. What, well, I think really where everything kicks off would be six months old. Of course, I don't remember, but... Uh, my mom and dad got a divorce. My dad got right, clean, everything. You know, my mom and dad, they they loved each other, but they just weren't right, you know, both partying. And my mom was the one that didn't make my dad party, but, you know, just bad influence on each other. Right, right. So uh, they got a divorce. When I was born, like I said, my dad got clean, everything working a job um when they got divorced my mom that's when she started drinking but of course she'd always drank doing more drugs getting bad boyfriends you know they're beating her threatening me all this stuff big mess um and I think when I can start to remember would probably be kindergarten when things, when I started to notice five, six yeah, years old, what was yeah. really going wrong. Um, that was what I was going to say for me, too. I remember yeah. about five years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, she she's an alcoholic or was. Uh, and I think the first memory I have of it being bad, uh, we were in, an, we were living in some apartments and she had just passed out on the couch or on the bed. In the back bedroom, I still remember. I didn't know what to do, of course. I just, I don't know. I didn't even know how to use the phone, nothing. Eventually, she woke up, but that was the first thing, and I was like, there's something not right here. You know, I don't know what's wrong. Uh, And, of course, she was bringing over bad guys. They were 
there was some some boyfriends that would beat her pretty bad. Some would hold her hostage, quote unquote, in the house, and right. she would have to fight her way out. It sounds crazy. My mom lived a life like it should be in a movie because some of the things that went on were just crazy. She's been kidnapped. I mean, all I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say. But right. it just that's how it was, and somehow. I mean, she she lived until 40, I guess. You know, she died this last August. It'll be a year and four days. Right. Um, so, um, but alcohol is what did it. You know, it's what mm-hmm. uh, killed her, unfortunately. Um, and for me, when the trauma really started and it really started to, I see, that's the thing. I, I'm still working through it, but the trauma really didn't even affect me while it was going on. It's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Once, right. once she died is when kind of right up until and then now uh, all the things have started to come back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, me not liking, you know, I have trouble with loud noise, uh, being nervous around crowds. You know, I'm always paranoid about things around me, people. Uh, when, if, if, if somebody jumps out and scares me, it makes me. Just just about ruins my day because I just get so <laughs> frazzled, you know, and yeah. uptight, and uh, I'm always real tense. Like, there's nothing wrong, but yeah. I'm just, my body's always really tensed up. And uh, Well, one of the things I learned is that uh, God reveals to us what we need to deal with when we're ready to deal with it. Right. So if if God reveals to you... An, an anxiety or a fear it's because he mm-hmm. feels like you're strong enough to deal with it right yeah. um and some you know that may come you know for me it's been you know there's some things that I was surprised at the loss of memory mm-hmm. you know that right. of traumatic of you know that I remember them but but they're not as intense mm-hmm. yeah. and and sometimes that you know it's just it takes a little bit at a time but more is revealed the stronger and the more we it grow is. And and yeah. he feels you know and that that's what that's what I feel when you say that mm-hmm. is that you know he feels that you're right you're getting stronger and you can handle it right yeah and you know of course most days I don't I don't want to handle it so some days I don't and then the next day it just is worse mm-hmm. so uh, but I kind of jumped ahead um, and you know I guess probably around ten is when things got worse you know drinking more every day can't hold a job moving different places, and if you knew my mom, you knew who she hung out with, and these weren't people that, I don't want to sound cheesy, but these people you didn't want to mess with, right, you know, right. you can't, my dad couldn't go to her and say, or take me away, because you know what's going to happen, something bad is going to happen, Yeah. Uh, and that was something I was willing, I was willing to go through that, because, I, you know, there's no sense, and anybody getting hurt or anything stupid happening. Was you, was you having those thoughts at 10 that I'll just stay here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. because it's – Well, he's a, he's it's his mama. I mean, you know, it's right. it's one right. of the things I think about yeah. with my kids. It's like, you know, being having two sons. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something about a son and their mother. Right. And that no matter what we do or how we try, they always feel like they need to take care of us. Right, and I – and, you know, my dad would always say, you know, if you really want to leave, you never have to come back. You know, every time I'd get in the car from going there crying or every time I'd want him to come pick me up, 
uh, he said, you don't got to do this anymore, but I felt there was no other way. Right. And in my opinion, there wasn't, because I think many times if I wasn't there, things would have been worse. Um, so around 10, uh, you know, that's when it gets real bad, drinking all all the time. Uh, and the the hour when she would start drinking, every year it went down. So 12, 11, 10, 9, 8 in the morning. Right. And then it'd go all day, all night. And uh, she'd wake me up in the middle of the night just to yell and hit me and scream at me just because she just wanted somebody to do it to, I wow. guess. You know, lock me in my room, not feed me. Uh well, one thing I know, too, is that, you know, we're we're sick when we're in that, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And, I'm, and I knew it wasn't her. For sure. So that was one thing. Because when she was sober, I couldn't ask for a better mom. Yeah. But right. in those times, it just shows how different a person can be. Oh, and it's so true. awful. So. Well, that, um, so at the age of 10, you said the drinking was going. And, it, I mean, it's evident that I, I don't know. Maybe you can articulate it on Darby, the domestic violence that she was going through. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you feel she was trapped because of her addiction, or do you think it was the domestic violence itself? Because there's a lot of women and mm-hmm. men right. that get trapped in domestic violence situations that don't have anything to do with any type of pharmaceutical or alcohol or anything mm-hmm. like that. Do you think it was a combination or one or the other? Well, it was the first one you said, you know, having a guy around that had a job or was dealing drugs, he can pay for the house or he can pay for the rent, he can pay the utilities. Right. Uh, he can pay for the alcohol. Mm-hmm. So you got everything. She don't have to work so she can drink. Mm-hmm. Well, let's be clear. Codependency is an addiction. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, and that comes, and, right. and not not that I have any experience in that mm-hmm. other than witnessing it in, you know, the people that, I, in some of the people that I know, but, you know, that that in and of itself, that need to have mm-hmm. someone take care of them, right. you know, and in her, I can only imagine, and I have, a, you know, my father was an alcoholic, and, you know, I have some, some stories from my mother about what it was like and the things that she had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that in of itself it is an addiction uh, for yep. sure. It is. And, uh, you know, I guess the price to pay for that was violence. You know, she would have one of the last guys she had living at the house. He was a convicted killer. Like he killed somebody before. Right. And I was thinking, I don't know. Like, I just don't know what to do. Like, I can't do anything. You know, I can't, I tell you not to have him over, but then you do it anyways. And then I tell you, well, I'm not going to come over if he's there. And then she's like, well, what if he hurts me? Well, then I got to, you know, because I can't, you know, there's been, and I'm not saying any of this for anybody to feel bad for me because that's not what I want, you know, ever. Because this is is all to try to help somebody else and try to relate to somebody. Um, But one night I came home. I think after cross-country practice, maybe. Um, How old were you? This was in high school. This was a couple years ago, yeah, Mm -hmm. sophomore year. uh, And I was driving at the time. I came in, and she was just getting beat on bad. And Mm -hmm. there was nothing else to do. 
besides react. So I did what I needed to do, got him out of the house. Um, and it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. The cops came and they said, I heard there's a disturbance. I said, I don't know, no disturbance here. And I knew that upstairs neighbors had always fought. So I told them maybe go check upstairs. Yeah. So they did and they left us alone. I don't know where the guy went. I just drug him outside. Um, but they were both drunk, right. you know, but that's just seeing, seeing that is just like, it was, that was the last straw for me. After that happened, I didn't go back. And when I did go back, it was only for a few hours at a time. Right. So, and that's, I don't regret having that bad of a relationship towards the end of her life, but it still is like, man, I could have went there more. I could have seen her more, but you know, dealing with it for 17 years, pretty much, I it just broke me. Right. You know, I couldn't I couldn't stand it anymore, and I don't like violence. I don't want to have to beat up somebody because you're making the wrong decisions. Right. Well, that's definitely you know? PTSD for you, for sure. Unfortunately. And did, I, did she have any sobriety at all before her death that you're aware of? A couple of weeks at a time, and she'd been in and out of couple psych wards, couple uh, rehab places. And uh, she was also bipolar, depression, uh, schizophrenia, and it was only getting worse. Uh, And she had told me when I was probably back in middle school that her doctor had told her it would eventually be so bad she would have to live somewhere. Like she couldn't be on her own because she would just go crazy. She was manic. She would beat her head into the wall. You know, all this stuff. Uh, so, but, and, you know, alcohol wasn't only, wasn't the only problem, but, you know, with people that have, that are bipolar and have depression, they, they think once they're feeling better because they're taking their medicine, mm-hmm. they stop taking their medicine. Yep. Right. So, and, you know, of course she would sell her medicine. So then she wouldn't have it. People would steal her medicine. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. For people without the without the need for it, it, mm-hmm. it uh, they use it to get high. Yep. Yeah. And, and then, that a lot. And then it's you know like saying the couple of weeks of sobriety here and there. How many times do we hear people make it a couple of weeks and then it's oh it's not that bad. I'm not mm-hmm. an al- I'm not an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. See, I'm went, not an addict. Yeah. I went two weeks and then yep. Usually, yep. usually when I would do that mm-hmm. when I'd go. Big dry for a month, yeah, and start back up. It'd usually be a lot worse. Yeah. Well, it's it's always it always it's always progressive. Right, mm-hmm. it yeah. always gets worse. It never gets better. Right, so, never. So when you was a kid going to school, mm-hmm. one th- one thing you said that just hit me in the stomach: being locked in your room, don't get to eat. Mm-hmm. When you was going to school, was there any teachers that maybe seen something in Darby that? You well, know, the and, thing is, is that I was normal. I didn't, you see, that's that's what, and even talking here makes me realize it more. It didn't really affect me. Right. I, it was, mm-hmm. once I was out the door, I was free. Right. So I didn't, there was, I guess, I didn't have, there was no reason to think about that's it, right. I guess. Compart- compartmentalizing. Right. And it's see, amazing what the mind will do. That's right. And it helps me now and today. I mean, I'm not per se glad that I had to go through all that but it in everyday situations like some things just aren't nothing you know compared to what I had to do that's right you know it's I mean and that's when I hear people complain I'm like 
but I know that I have to not compare my situation to theirs because their situation, they could feel just as bad as I did. You know what I mean? And that's something that uh, used to be in the past. I would always think in my mind, you know, you don't know what I've been through. You know, why are you complaining about that? Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's not how we're supposed to be. Right. I have to be compassionate. I have to love them regardless. And I had a lot of hate and anger built up in my heart from that because right. I didn't, I never expressed it, but I thought the world owed me something right. because of that. And the, the world doesn't owe you anything but to live and to die. Everything else in between is fair game for the world to do to you right. and the devil to tempt you and uh, just different things to happen. Right. So, not, not that I want to jump forward or mm-hmm. whatever, but at what point did that perspective shift for you? Did something happen that brought you from the victim to being the survivor? It was probably my first cross-country practice ever. used to be really fat, out of shape, scared. Uh, and then I tried out for cross-country because my computer teacher told me to come run. I don't know why I thought I should run because I was fat. But uh, I went out and ran. I ran three miles without stopping. Sounds pitiful. <laughs> hey, like, hey, wait a minute. I, I, hold on. I don't feel like you was fat. I, I was, was, wait, I was <laughs> like, let's, let's, what do you consider fat? Let's just talk about that. Because, A, I walked three miles this morning, and I'm sitting here thinking, my foot hurts. And you're talking about anything less than 31 <laughs> miles is not for real. <laughs> Well, I he, guess I was just chunky. We'll say that. There you go. Yeah, Hus- he, husky. He, and yeah. right out the gate, he said, "I ran three miles without stopping." But he, but he also had a what was he fifteen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fifteen. He had fifteen year old lungs. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, okay. True. And, and I had some type of feeling after I got done. It was, I don't know. I felt totally free from from everything because at that point when I was in high school. Uh, things started to affect me more, I guess, or just more hatred, anger in my heart, not really even, you know, being, or I guess, well, I don't you're like a to call teenage it PTSD, boy. but yeah. You have your right. standard hormones, which I That's have a right. 14-year-old, for the love of God, it's oh, crazy. God. So, I mean, you have all of that imagine. going on, the right. changes, all of the things you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, you just were a ball of energy that you had no idea. Yeah. and. And I guess that kind of freed me from that anger, the running. Mm-hmm. You know, even now when I'm mad and upset, I go running, and then after, totally fine. But uh, I still remember that day, and, of course, I came. I went to my mom's house, guys over, drinking drugs, and I was like, man, if I, can, if I just ran three miles, I think I can handle this. Like, I don't think this is a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like – emotionally yeah but anything I got to do it's okay and now and then I was like well let's see if I can run four let's keep going you know let's see how how far I can go and how much more I can take from anything from emotional standpoint and physical and that's just how it started I guess so well so I, I your childhood just keeps coming back to me yeah, I know you're a man of faith. Mm-hmm. Was did your mom talk about Jesus? Did y'all go to church? Was there anybody in your life 
from the yeah. eight, from the age of five to fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is when I tell this story. My dad, he's he's good at this point. You know, he's got a wife. He's remarried, uh, and I have a half sister. And you know, I would go there sometimes, not all the time. You know, when I got older. I would kind of try to force the issue to go to my dad's more. I'd come up with excuses and ways to get there. Um, and he's he's a great Christian, you know, taught me a lot of things and lessons. And he goes to church, and we that's one of the excuses I would use is, hey, I want to go to church with dad, so let me spend the night Saturday, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't it was an excuse, but, of course, I wanted to go. And when I was 10, uh, my mom had – and again, some dude over, um, and I needed to go to school that morning, and she wouldn't wake up to take me. And I was just, I didn't know, I, of course, I didn't know what to do. I called my dad, told him I needed to come be picked up. And I just remember being like, man, I really can't do this unless God is with me. And I didn't feel that he was with me at that point. So I remember you know, being saved is what they were talking about at church. Right. And uh, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to try this to see if that's will make me feel like he's with me. And I did, and that's how it went. Right. Wow. So, were you by yourself when you had that moment? I was, yeah. I remember I was, I'd woken up in my mom's bed. I'd set an alarm on her phone because that night was a bad night. And I was like, well, she's probably not going to wake up. So I set an alarm on her phone to wake up, got ready, and I got on my knees on the side of the bed right after I'd called my dad. Still remember it, clear as day. How old were you? Ten. Wow. So, and from that moment, that's when the faith started to build and build, and I never I never felt alone in any of these points at all, regardless, even if I didn't pray or think, man, Lord, I need you to help me, even if I didn't think that, I never felt like, I'm doing all of this alone. None of it, I, I wasn't alone in any of it. Right. So, did uh, did your mom ever go to jail? A couple times, yeah. Did. DUIs. Uh, did, you, did you go to your dad's then? When she. This is all. This is another crazy story. Uh, she, she went to jail for a DUI. Then her dad died. My people. And we were living in my aunt's basement with him, taking care of him, because my aunt works a lot. Um, so we were living in this basement, uh, taking care of him while he was dying. And she would be too drunk. So I had to take care of him before school and after school, help him pee, help him use the bathroom, change, uh, feed him, cook him food, you know, all that. Uh, she'd gotten a DUI, and he paid... He paid to get her out, you know, and she was on probation, all that. Uh, then he died, left her a bunch of money, and I didn't know this until right up before my mom passed away. She had, she blew all the money that she went to Florida, and then she took a trip to Mexico for some reason. She was in some manic state, and this is what, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds crazy, but she blew Sixty grand in a matter of three months mm-hmm. because she was just in this manic state. And that's, that's one thing I don't think people understand how 
bad mental disorders can be and mental problems because right. no normal person does that, in my right. opinion. I just don't think yeah. that's right. just not what happens. I would never do that. I don't think you guys would do that. Right. You know, and, you know, and it's just, I don't know. That, that just goes to show how, how bad her problems were right. and how it wasn't just alcohol, no. but alcohol makes everything worse. Addiction to drugs makes everything worse on top of whatever you have. Well, you know, I think that's an issue as well as, as family and friends um, that have somebody in their life that's addicted. And, and I'm saying this, I have two different perspectives on it. I have a perspective of when I was very close-minded. So I went to work as a police officer in 2009. And I can tell you, up until that time, if somebody uh, said they was bipolar or something like that, I blamed it on, now oh, that's a boatload of crap. Mm-hmm. You I know what I'm saying? Same thing. Uh, they just want to get more pills. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're lazy. They're sorry. They're dramatic. Right. You know, until I went through that training mm-hmm. at the police department, crisis intervention, until I uh, dealt with people on a daily basis. And learned that, man, I was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mental disorders, just because that person is an addict, does not mean it's just because they're an addict. They yeah. feed off of each other right. immensely. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people perceive that they got to fix the alcoholism. Mm-hmm. But you got to fix them both. You do. Absolutely. That's right. And, and you know, I, I can see, and I'm not taking up from my closed-mindedness before that, because mm-hmm. it was a bunch of bull crap. I shouldn't have thought that way, but I, right. I, I knew no it's just, difference. It's just ignorance. Right. That's, it, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. And you have to really just break it down. And mm-hmm. it's hard to, right. when, you're, when you're going through, and you know, different situations, maybe an addict is stealing from you, or what they say, mooching off of you, and getting locked up and that that stress that somebody goes through in trying to help an addict i think a lot of things get overlooked but number one i think mental health gets overlooked it does well it's it it becomes twofold right so you have a mental disorder and you use a substance to help you feel slightly normal right but using the substance in excess intensifies it right you know i I mean I don't, I mean, I I like to say I don't have a mental disorder, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but I think what happens to our brains and our, the way our body functions and the chemicals that are released, like being an addict becomes a mental disorder in itself. Being addicted to alcohol, I mean, you you remember me saying, you know, like six months sober and I was like, I don't know if my brain will ever be the same. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and right. so if you if you put in a chemical imbalance on top of that, you know, it's it, you're right. It is one of the it is it's something that, you know, and we say it all the time in, in AA. I mean, the program can't fix that. You have to have outside help right. for that, too. Exactly. You know, God gave us education and doctors and medicine and therapists, all of those skills and talents that people have and, and that for a reason. You know, you to be utilized. I agree. Did Did you share being saved with your mom? I think I had. I have before. Um, but with her, it was kind of weird. She believed. She knew that everything. She knew God. She knew 
that Jesus died on the cross, everything, but she wouldn't she wouldn't accept it because she thought that if he's so good, why did why did he let all this happen to her? Why why'd he let her become an alcoholic? All this and it's I always try to explain it to her. We're the ones us humans are the ones that chose uh that to happen. Bad choices, bad things happen to good people because Eve had to eat the fruit. Right. And then that kicked it off. Right. And that's just how I feel, it is. I feel like I feel like Eve gets a gets a raw deal on that. She does, but Adam did the I'm same just thing, saying, so. I'm just saying the serpent uh-huh. said. Yep. The serpent said. And mm-hmm. she was just dumb and listened to him. Right. And you know, I tried a lot and you know, I don't know in those last moments what it was, you know. Right. Uh, but I've never been haunted by the fact of where she's at. I immediate, that's all you need to know. Immediately, right yep. Immediately after it happened, I was like, "That's the first thought." I said, "Lord, I don't know where she's going, but I need you to give me the peace because if you don't, I'm not going to be able to even come close mm-hmm. to moving on, or not even moving on, but to function. Because I can't stand the fact that people are dying and going to hell. Right. You know, it itches at me. I can't. Sometimes I can't sleep at night because I'm thinking about one person that." They might not wake up the next morning. Mm. And then, you know, when I go to heaven, I'm not going to get to see them forever. Right. You know, and of course, God will wipe away those tears like he says, but it's still, in this in this world, it still is yeah. fearful. Yeah, it's that, a, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just have so much trust and faith that uh, regardless of where she's at, I I have to continue to live and to continue to try to spread the word, I guess. And I can't, I can't focus on that when I have a whole bunch of other people that need saving that right. I have to try and focus on and help. And right. the Lord has given me more peace than I could have asked for yeah. in that regard. Well, all he wants is our heart. That's, That's right. It. That's all he you wants. You know, we don't, we don't always do the right things or make the right choices. And mm-hmm. I fail daily. That's right. Me and, too. you know, all he wants is our hearts and the rest will... He'll work it out mm-hmm. for sure. That's right. So, so after, when you got into your teenage years, mm-hmm. now you're running cross yep, country. I'm running. Maybe I'm not clear. Are you still living with her then? Not as much. But when I do go over there, everything's just ten times worse because I right. guess I'm more I'm more mature. I understand things now that's going on. It, I mean, are you standing up more flat-footed? Yeah. Mom, mom this, uh, this, yeah, ain't this ain't right. Yeah. Don't, don't do this. And I would just leave right. when I started driving. Right. And that was, every time I would leave, that was a big show. She'd follow me, call my dad, all, you know, crazy stuff. And we used to, I used to go with her to sell pills. Mm-hmm. I used to make sure nobody was coming, all this stuff. Right. I'd drive her there if she was drunk. Uh Count the money, all that. Uh, doesn't make you feel good. I know that to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at that point, I'm not going to let her drive drunk. I'm not going to let her go to somebody's house alone. Right. And she doesn't even know who they are. Right. You know. Um, and you were a child. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, we, you know, mm-hmm. looking at it, it's like, you know, I, I have seen and, and done some things in my in my time and growing up and, you know, we do we do what we have to do, and I, I learned from the things my mother told me. You know, she did what she had to do, 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. you know, you not you leaving is for her is very hard. Yeah. I can, I can imagine that she did, you know, it's a loss of control in that situation. Yeah. And that's that she wasn't per se a control freak, but she loved me so much that mm-hmm. even if she was drinking, she wanted me there. Absolutely. Just because we just had that bond and connection. And I, Describe it like two best friends that go to war together and they see all those things and they go through all those things and they mm-hmm. fight together. That was kind of how it was for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you were I, a constant for her. Yeah. And it, she was a constant for you. Mm-hmm. Despite exactly. what kind of constant it was. Right. It you, was definitely a constant. Mm-hmm. You wanted to protect her. Yeah. And be there for Right. And um, I... I was thinking about this. It's kind of hard for me to ask this question, but I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think you could save her? Did Did you ever see any hope? It's kind of weird because the only time I ever saw it was right before she died. She had signed up to get her counseling certification. She wanted to start counseling people, helping them. Uh and, of course, those, she had done things like that all the time. She'd enrolled in school before, wanted to become a nurse. All, you know, in those two weeks mm-hmm. to three weeks of sobriety, that would happen. But this time, she seemed to be sober for a month plus mm-hmm. and was doing good. Um, and then it happened. You know, but I think, and I've struggled with that, wondering, man, or the question that I've asked God before, and I don't like to question him because who am I to question somebody so big? That's right. But it's just let me do it one more time. Let Mm -hmm. her her come back one more time and let's fix it. But I know that can't happen. You know, it's it's done and over. Um, But when it first happened, that was something that I really struggled with, was asking why all day for probably a week because I was just so mad. And so angry because I'd saved her so many other times before. Why couldn't it just be one more? Right. You know, so. Well, uh, you know, that's one of the hardest things for us is that, you know, it's it's not our timing. It's not what we do. That's right. You know, it's it's what he does. And, you know, the why, I think, is natural. Mm-hmm. You know, right. why, why is this happening? Why did this happen? We had this conversation. I was telling you when I had this this moment when I was walking you know, and I would say over and over again, you know, most of my life, why is this happening to me, God? Why? What did I do mm-hmm. to deserve this? Right. You know, and then today when I was walking, it's like, what did I do to deserve such grace mm-hmm. and mercy? Right. And, you know, the why is normal. It's just he will he will reveal most of the why to us when it's time, and some of the why we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, the why is what we're doing right now. Because right. there's no way I could be doing this, talking about this, if she was still here. I would still have anger in my heart. I, I really do think that I would still be angry, mad. Uh, I just think everything would be worse for me. And I think it happened when it happened because he knew that, mm. I don't know. I really can't put it into words, but. Uh, well, he knew what was going to happen. Right, he knew what was coming. Before you were born. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that's right. it's, it's so. all of what we do with it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, our life was all planned out already right. before we were even formed. Mm-hmm. Did she have any uh, any other health issues other, other than what alcohol and drug addiction will do to <sighs> yeah, you? Yeah, well, she was 
she was bigger, but that was from just drinking and making bad food choices, of course. But uh, the alcohol had ruined her kidneys. She'd been in kidney failure a couple times before that, and she'd have to go to the hospital and do whatever they do. I'm not quite sure what happened, but she'd have to spend a couple weeks in the hospital each time. Uh, and I know that's what got her in the end, just from everything that mm. – well, it's kind of crazy, and this just shows uh, – what God does. I hadn't talked to her probably for a week before this. She called me, said, Hey, I'm really sick. I want you to come over and just stay here with me just in case, you know, I need to go to the hospital. She was supposed to go to the doctor the next day in the morning. Uh, her legs were swelled up bad. I knew, I knew she needed to go. I said, mom, you need to go. I'll take you right now. You know, I don't care if I got to spend the night in the hospital. It doesn't matter. Let's go. She wouldn't because she had a doctor's appointment. Um, and I leave around 5 o'clock in the morning to go run. And uh, it was weird. I didn't know she was doing something weird with her breathing, but she was a hard sleeper, so she would snore and snore in weird ways, which is funny. But uh, this time it sounded different, and I tried to wake her up, but she wouldn't. And I was thinking, well, she must just be having a bad dream. I didn't want to wake her up. So... I leave, and I text her, because I'd always text her. Even if I didn't see her, I'd always text her every day. Mm-hmm. Just say, hey, I love you, Mom. And she would text back immediately, every time, like five seconds later. And this time she didn't text back, so I was thinking, you know, what's going on? Uh, she was supposed to go to the doctor, I don't know, 2 o'clock or something. Her friend comes in. I'd always leave the door unlocked just because I didn't have a key. I couldn't lock it. Um and she told me to leave the, make sure you leave the door unlocked so my friend can come in and wake me up so we can go to the doctor. And her friend, you know, found her. She died in her sleep, which that, that gives me peace too because, yeah. you know, it wasn't a car accident or it wasn't somebody killing her or, you know, anything like that. Um, but I'd gotten out of school. My aunt called me. And we talk a lot, but she usually doesn't call me. Uh she called me, couldn't really get the words out. She was saying, hey, where are you at? I'm going to come pick you up. Kind of all freaked out. And I was like, you know, you need to just tell me what's going on because I already know. I already had a feeling, a weird feeling. Uh, then my dad calls me. I'm like, Dad, you need to tell me. I don't care how hard it is for you to tell me, but you got to tell me. He tells me. Uh, I was seeing my girlfriend before I went into work. Uh, found out, went over there. I was so mad. Not, I was just in a enraged kind of she wasn't there she'd left because i i don't like funerals i don't like all that so i was i we waited till she left uh to go because to me it to me that doesn't give me any peace is seeing a, a dead body you know it, right. i don't know why it just doesn't um so i get there and i just start throwing everything of mine away getting all mad cussing all of it uh because there was people, there were people in the apartment that, like my mom's friend, really wasn't her friend. She was stealing pills from her, stealing money from her. So I was mad that she was there. I was mad that these other people were there. Just, just so much anger that I don't like to have regrets, but I do regret it because I shouldn't have been that way. But in the moment, that's how it was. And I was, I went. She died on a Thursday. I went back to school Monday. Probably shouldn't have because I. Didn't, I don't even remember 
that week. I right. was just so – I just went into class, put my head down, didn't do anything for that week. And I, and I don't like being all poopy pants. It, regardless of the situation, to me there's no excuse. You know, of course you have to mourn, but to me there's no excuse to not uh, – to not act in a way that glorifies God. And I know there's situations, but I don't like excuses. So, Well, grief uh, comes out in all that's right. forms. It does. It really does. And, mm-hmm. it, and it comes out for a long time. Yeah. So give yourself some grace it's, for that because yeah. it is it's still coming out. Yeah. That's for sure. I was listening when I was listening to the three of seven and, you know, Brooke was talking about, you know, and asking you time frames and kind of how long it'd been and, mm-hmm. you know, it been eight or nine months at the time. And I was thinking to myself, man, you know, I, I I have experienced death and trauma in my life, and mm-hmm. I was nowhere near where you were at nine months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so give yourself some grace. It will yeah. it will come out in ways that you never knew. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's okay. Yeah, it is. It, it's okay that you that we you know lose our crap sometimes. You know, he understands. Mm-hmm. Anger is you know, it, it's an emotion that was given to us. Right. It's just how we use it. Definitely, I agree, and. You know, that's something I still have to work with today because I don't even know what to call it. But like I said before, it's none of this stuff. I don't like to call it PTSD, but I guess that's what it is. I don't know. But it never really started to come out until after. You know, I guess there were some signs right before, a few months before, you know, me being all tense and getting nervous sometimes about things. But now it it's... It's worse, mm-hmm. and I, I guess because I, I can put emotions off until I am ready, to, until I have time to handle them, and when I have a full <laughs> day and I got stuff going on, I just say, not right now. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll worry about it tomorrow, then tomorrow doesn't come. So then, you know, like the other day, uh, my girlfriend's phone kept dinging really loud, but it, it only happened like twice, and usually that wouldn't annoy me or make me, you know, all upset and tense, but I was like, you got to turn that phone off, and it just, it ruined the whole day for us, basically. I was Mm -hmm. mad, pissed off, you know, and it's just, that's not who I am, but that's just even a ding on a phone, you know what I mean, and I, I don't know why. Well, that's what, just, that's what happens when, when it's our way. Right. You're, like you yeah. said, I, I, can, I can put it off. Mm-hmm. I can say not now. Right. Well, sometimes our daddy says, no, no, yeah. now. Now, yeah. And if we don't listen to him, then mm-hmm. that's what we get. Right. And I've had to, you know, tell my girlfriend, you know, look, this is just how it is right now, and I'm trying to figure it out, but you just got to, when I'm upset, you, I will tell you, Maybe why, or I'll try to figure out why it happened, but uh, it's not you. It's something that I got to deal with. It's not your. It's not your phone. It's, right. It's me, and it's what I have to deal with and figure out. And you know, that's just. I think a lot of people have it, and they just don't realize it. And I hope this makes people realize it and try to start to figure it out because I think it only leads to you blowing up to a point where there's no return. Oh, absolutely. Eventually. So. Without a doubt. That, uh, so, just like when you, it trips me out when he says he, I, I was a fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, after her passing, has mm-hmm. that fueled you running even more? Yeah. Or was that something that was already in the it, process? It was already there. Right. Yeah, I'd ran a 
two ultras before that. Wow. And then I can't uh, I can't with that. Yeah. I mean, we're we're talking over thirty one miles, each, yeah. right? Right. That's what mm-hmm. you said. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yep. And then it just kept. Like at one time. Yeah, one time. <laughs> I'm yep. sorry. At I'm sorry. I, I really. St- I mean, you see, you're stung up on hung up on fat kid. I'm hung up on thirty one miles all at once. Right. Yep. And, and that's not flat. No, it's up, down. Like, when do you sleep? Like, I don't understand this it's, running it's situation. Only, my fastest one is five and a half hours. I think my slowest has been 7.30, seven hours. So, it's just a long – it's like a long day at work or a short day at work. It's did, not a full eight-hour day. Did you watch any of the – I'm going to need to fix my face. I can tell already. The Mid-State Mile. Uh, I felt like I watched that thing for days. Well, don't you remember seeing Darby on there? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. No, he, he he looked like a surfer. He yeah, he he didn't have. Sometimes he didn't have a shirt First on. First of all, the one I yeah. saw the most was that other kid. The other kid that's on there that had chili. To, uh, yes, I was. Yeah. Like, I told you I was like, I have seen a lot of chili. I'm gonna need him to turn the camera around so uh-huh. I can see what's going <laughs> yeah. on. Uh-huh. Uh, what'd you get? Forty miles? Was it forty? Forty-four. I'd 44. ran the most I'd ever ran there. Right. And it's is how many? It's it's a loop, right? Yeah, one mile. It's a one mile loop. Yeah, I think I was there for thirteen hours. I think. So, so you did that forty-one, yeah. whatever. A little less because it was one point one. So oh. I don't know the math, but that's so, so for everybody listening. That that was a last man standing race. Mm-hmm. How long did you have to make the loop? Twenty minutes, which sounds like a lot, but this is no joke. It's of a loop. It's straight what, up. What's the elevation? Three hundred and forty up and down. Every, every every loop. Every single time. Wow. And uh these rotten tooths out there. Did you, I, did you w- listen, you, <laughs> you came at me with that rotten tooth stuff to begin with, and it and I, for whatever reason there's no space in my brain to remember. Rat- Stop it. Rattlesnake. Oh yeah. And, and you one. couldn't just say rattlesnake for us <laughs> folks that don't know what rotten tooth is. But Copperheads are rotten teeth too. Oh God, that's enough. Next, but, but anyhow, this is in, not red blooded. It, it's in some rugged country. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's it's rough and less. It's kind of weird. I'd ran a couple last man standing races before that. <clears throat> I think two, yeah. And each one, I had gotten more miles than I'd ever ran before. But there had come a point where my mind, I would just get so like sad that I could not take another step like I just had to like I didn't know what to do I was like a deer caught in the headlights I couldn't move I couldn't talk I couldn't do anything wow and even at mid-state I did have a, I had a bad leg cramp that I just couldn't get up the hill and I lost time but loops before that I was like man if these people weren't here and I wasn't <laughs> getting to talk to these people I wouldn't be right here because I just was so sad. And I wasn't even thinking about my mom. I wasn't thinking about anything. Just sadness just came over me. I wasn't hurting, nothing. I was completely fine. Right. And I just, I don't know. I'm I'm still working through that because I don't, but it's it's weird that I'm getting more every time that I run a race, but then that same feeling keeps coming back. So I feel like that it's something that, I have to endure for longer, but it, it might it might take me a long time to get to where I'm going. Well, it's right. not. I mean, like I said earlier, it's it's mm-hmm. what he's going to reveal to you. Right. So you can push it and push it and push it all you want, mm-hmm. but until he's ready to show it to you, right? You, you're just you're going to come up against that wall exactly. each time. That, yep. That's what I find intriguing though about those ultra races. 
is the the mentality that has to be there. It, it correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. Darby. It doesn't really matter. I'm. It does matter about the physical, but right. Pretty much everybody out there is pretty close on the physical aspect, right? I mean, is it, yeah. I'd say we're all just in the same shape, and it boils yeah. down to mentality, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, am it I does. wrong? Oh, I mean, you got to have something off in your brain to do something like that. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying. Right. I say it about you. I'm. I don't understand it. I don't. Will never understand it. I do admire it, mm-hmm. but I think it is crazy. It is. Well, well I think I think there's value yeah. in in putting yourself. Um, I don't want to say in pain. Yeah, I say that too in when pain. I get to mm-hmm. three and a half miles in pain. <laughs> but there's some value in 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 bringing yourself some some issues, some physical mm-hmm. issues. Right. I mean, you can articulate better on that. Yeah, I mean, there comes a point that you hurt so bad that. It doesn't get any worse. No, you have to go to a place in your mind that you don't normally go. Right, you do, and yeah. it's not a. Sometimes, where I've where my mind's been the past few races, um, somewhere where I really don't like to be, mm-hmm. but it's somewhere that you that there you have no choice if you want to keep going. Yeah, that you got to go, and uh, it really all depends on how how long you're willing to be in pain, how long yeah. you're willing to suffer, and I think. That's a good explanation for life is how long, how far, and how long are you willing to go right. to do what you want to do right. and to achieve what you want to do and give glory to God. I mean, because I suffer all the time. I say suffer. It's really not suffering. It's my job. But people making fun of me for being a Christian, you know, that's how much of that am I willing to take before I crack, Right. you know. I so. find that statement interesting because um, – I'm older, obviously. <laughs> just, just a, a lot, li- just a lot. Hush. I'm just a little bit older than Darby. Um, I don't have an experience in my life where someone made fun of me for my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that, I, I, and for whatever reason that is. So when you say that, is that something you endure? And I say that because I'm always thinking about you know, society. I'm thinking about what the world is like. I mean, I have small, I mean, our Joe and us children are different in age, but it's, I mean, it's what we think about. Mm-hmm. Like, what are our kids going to endure, you know, and faith is just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Is that something that is prominent? I mean, well, you're, you're how old at this point? I think we, I don't know, sure. I think we danced around it yeah, with you graduating I'm, high school. I'm but. really bad about dancing around Tom because it's all a jumble <laughs> in my head, too. I've never been able to get it straight. But, but you're still in your teenage years. Yeah, right. Right? Uh-huh, I am. Yep. So, I mean, that's what, it's, Gen X? Is that what they call you? Gen, I guess. Gen X? I don't know. I try not to listen to none of that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think they're Generation X. I, I, Z? Gen Z? Yeah. It, whatever. Maybe, yeah. Outside of millennials. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I mean, is that, I mean, is that something that you've really experienced? Well, I mean... It is, and just the other day, somebody was bashing me for Christianity being racist. Yeah. I, and and I'm like, so... How did that happen, if you don't mind me asking? I'm intrigued. Like, is it, yeah. were you having a conversation about something, and well, we were next sitting, thing you're like, oh, you're a Christian, so you're a racist. Yeah, I was sitting at Chili's, and for some reason, the topic of my faith came up, mm-hmm. and they were saying, you know, how how... We weren't really ar- we weren't arguing because mm-hmm. I don't like to argue and I'm not definitely not going to argue about that because right. that's not the way to do it. Right. But they were saying, you know, how can you 
believe in something like this. You know, and I was saying, well, you know, there comes a point where faith, you have to have faith regardless because it is kind of weird that a that this all-powerful person made all this. Well, everybody I, believes I, in yeah, something right. despite what they exactly. say. Exactly. So, you know, I was saying there has to become a point that you have to have faith. I was quoting scripture. Sure. All this stuff, and they were saying, well, I don't, I can't trust the Bible because it was written by a white man, and I think it's racist. <laughs> and I said, and I really didn't know what to say. First of all, bless, bless their hearts. Were they your peers? Yes. Oh, uh-huh. bl- oh, bless them. And I, and I just, and those I, people that wrote the Bible were not white. No, they were. By the way, that, and that's what I tried to explain. <laughs> um, and it was, and they were, and I was saying so. Even though you know me, and you know I'm not racist, mm-hmm. and you know I have no hate in my heart for anybody, well, I try not to, of course. Um, you think I'm racist, and they were like, "No, we don't think you're racist, but we think Christianity's racist." Well, I'm a Christian, so you must think I'm racist. Well, that's the enemy too. Yeah, the blinders exactly. that it come is. on. Uh-huh. Well, well, I think it's a totality too. I mean, we could get really deep into this. Mm-hmm. No, I, I didn't but, mean to ra- rabbit trail railroad. I almost no, said railroad, no, but no. I do rabbit trail you're, a lot. You're, you're not, but I I think from my perspective, it's uh it's a culmination of everything because I am a Christian. And and you want to say that I've got things that I've got because I'm privileged because of the color of my skin. Yeah, I mean you're a white or, male, or, or I hate the LBGT community because I'm a Christian. Right. All it's written. It is. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Mhm. And that is a form of pushing your buttons, persecution, yep. mm-hmm. and trying to rouse us and knock us off right. our rocker. I hate nobody. I mean, sometimes I think it is, and sometimes, but I don't think it's that most of the time. Right. I think it is ignorance. Yeah, and I think it is just People right. not actually know. knowing, mm-hmm. and until you have someone that can speak into you, right? Yeah, you know, because us, you can. I mean, it goes back to like my mother going to church, going to church, going to church. I mean, I was grown, and I had to get away from her and go to multiple churches and find my own way. And and then you know she's here to visit, and I'm like, you want to go to church with me? And she's like, eh, I don't know, you know. And I kind of chuckled at her, and I'm like. You know, all the years that you say, go to church, go to mm-hmm. church, go to church. I mean, people have to, you have to speak into people. Right. And it wasn't, you know, it comes to everybody differently. God right. gives us someone, you know, like like us. He gives us someone that speaks into us mm-hmm. in a manner in which we can hear. And that's what we have to pray for right. when we come across people who say things that are very clearly, like, it, are you... I can't. I would not even be able to argue that. That it would just. I mean, because it's it's very clearly a blinder it is, that they yeah. don't even see. It's not trying to rouse mm-hmm. your buttons. It's it's just in that situation. But uh-huh. I get you know, it's just having peace with it and and trying to be kind because mm-hmm. man, people just don't know. It, it it made me think of something as I I've heard Darby seen him on Instagram on some videos talking mm-hmm. and him being so young and as he was talking. I'm thinking, how many people tell you you're young, you got a lot to learn, and and the answer don't even matter mm-hmm. because that's bullshit. Ooh, I'm sitting, getting fired up! I'm sitting here listening to him. You might have a lot you need to learn about working on a car, right? I do, <laughs> but in your life, mm-hmm. you serve the King of Kings, right? And and you can tell when he is talking. Mm-hmm. 
that he is doing the best that he can. There is nothing more for him to learn. He's, he is being provided. You, well, there's always more to learn. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is <laughs> if somebody wants to doubt what he's got to say and say it's because he, he's young and he oh, for sure. more, they're full of crap. Well, you know, he has, you know, God gives him, has given him you experience mm-hmm. that um, is going to put you in a place. Right. That is going to change people's lives. And that's, and that's what it's, and that's what I've realized and seen that it's already doing. And another, another thing that he's given me is the ability to relate to people. Right. Because another way you ask, uh, what are other ways that I'm persecuted for being a Christian? And in high school, the reality of it is I got asked to go to a party or to go drink or to go do drugs almost every day. Right. And I had a decision to make. And, I, and you know, of course, I'm knowing I'm a Christian. And if I would say, no, I'm not going, which, of, of course, I never did go, ever. I had to, early on, I bit it in the butt. And that's what you got to do. If they keep asking, I'd get more upset at them. Say, no, it's not happening. You can keep asking, but it, your, the answer will always be no. Um, and they'd say, oh, well, it's probably because you're a Christian, right? And I'm like, yeah, it is. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that I am told specifically not to do. It's written. It's the written word. Right. And I'm I'm not going to do it just because you want me to. Now, the temptation is still there. Just because I know I'm not supposed to doesn't mean I don't have to do it. It's still there. I'm thinking, man, I bet it is fun to get drunk and party, but it's not what I'm supposed to do. And I still have the temptation till this day when I see people online partying and listening to loud music and getting drunk. It's still... Well, let's be clear. There ain't nothing wrong with listening to loud music. No, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> no, I love loud music. But getting drunk and partying, and I'm just thinking, man, that does kind of look fun. Right. But what's more fun, going and drinking every night and partying or getting to spend eternity in heaven? Right. Well, well, I have to add to that because mm-hmm. I've been a Christian a long time, and I drank for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I... I don't, I have a little different perspective on that, meaning that my relationship was with God was never what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, per se, mm-hmm. that my, the drinking that I did when I was younger, because I didn't drink that, I, I, I wasn't a heavy drinker, in the, you know, until later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely blocked the sunlight of the spirit. Right. You it know, does, yeah. and, but I also don't, for me, I, I have to say, you know, we come to him as we are. Mm-hmm. We do. Most you know, and, and I went to church. I was, I volunteered at church. I, you know, I had a small group mm-hmm. at one point, Kenneth and I did in our home. I read my Bible. I journaled, I prayed and I drank, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> in, you know, and, right. and it is, you know, until and I don't know what it was for me. I know what it was for me, but I don't know what it does is for everybody, you know, that jumping off point. But I look at my kids and I go, man, and I was going to ask you too, because, you know, coming from a parent that has that, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm straight with my kids. Like, right. you know, somebody offer you anything to drink. Do you try it? If you, you know, do you smoke pot? If you smoke pot, you know, I'm like, uh-huh. I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't know. Like right. I know what I was doing at 14. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. um, and that's a different road, but. You know, I think when people see, you know, I think of family or children of people who have a, I mean, my father was an alcoholic, so, 
I thought I had it beat. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, had it beat until mm-hmm. I didn't. You know, but it's it is good to be the example that I am now being at 41 that I can do things without drinking. Right. Yeah. You know, and that you're in your teenage years and don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, that's that's the confidence that uh, I want my kids to have. Well, well, that's what I was getting at with saying, you know, there may be a lot of people telling Darby he's young and he's got a lot to learn. Yeah. There, there's some grown men that's not going to sit here and say the things that Darby's saying. Oh, for sure. You see what I'm saying? Or grown women. Yeah, or grown women. Yeah, and and I want to go back to the drinking and partying and all that. Not you can you can drink and still be a Christian, but let's just say I see my pastor at Texas Roadhouse drinking and getting drunk. That's not setting a good example. So regardless, yeah. like I can't if I go to this party and there and everybody there knows I'm a Christian, they see me drinking, and let's say they become a Christian. I just showed them that it's okay, that they think it's okay to go and get drunk and party. Right. Right. So that's that's just another reason why. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's your, it's your values and mm-hmm. your integrity. Right. And that's what God has given you. And I'm that's not right. judging anybody that does that because right. your sin is just as big as mine, regardless of if I just say, if I judge somebody. Right. And, and you get drunk. It's the same right. exact thing. It's just as bad as if I kill somebody. It's the same thing. Right, right. Yeah, we're all just trying to just trying to be a little better than we were yesterday. That's right. But it definitely, you know, it, it helps if we can walk in the light. Mm-hmm. You is. know, to definitely. you know, for me, it was always I always felt like if I if if I'm not being in the light wasn't a, I didn't think as being a bad example. But what right. I see now is I wasn't being an example at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So I never really saw myself as a bad example. I just didn't see myself at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Having the bil- uh, having the ability to be an example at all. I yeah. was just being. Right. And there were other people, you know, who poured into my children or or did those things that God God gave those people messages. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and and then I you know I come to realize that, <laughs> you know. He gives me messages too. Uh-huh. Yeah, he does. I just have to be willing to hear them. Right, exactly. You know, so gotta be open. Did I say a cuss word a while ago? You did. You got turned up. What did I say? I'm not gonna repeat it. This is a family channel. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Let, let's I'm, be clear. I'm, thinking, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I know my husband listen to this and be like, "Are you kidding me?" I have the worst potty mouth on the planet. I, I so fight with, I fight with it all uh-huh. the time. It, yeah. it is something, and we we've talked about it, uh-huh. and we've read things about it, and it's you know it's one of those habits, you know. And sometimes I I mean I I remember being in a meeting one time at work, and full staff, full conference room, whole meeting. Meeting was done. Owner of the company came out, and he said, "Did you know?" that you said the F-bomb twice. And I want you to know, I didn't even know Mm. I said it. That doesn't look good. You know, I mean, at the time, Uh I I, I didn't even know. Like, like for me, because it was, you know, it's been a regular in my life. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I mean, it's just a, I mean, it's just dialect. Yeah. It's a bad habit. I apologize yeah. for my curse word. It is, it is, (laughs) it is a really, really bad habit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is why Book of James, we were having a conversation. So 
some of but you know the power of their tongue yeah it's Absolutely. one of the and it, when i get convicted on those those are i'm always like man book of james i gotta go back because what comes out of your mouth comes from your heart mm-hmm. getting that in check so that's a whole nother podcast just yeah, saying it is so where do you see your running going man I really don't – well, I have a few ideas of kind of like the the path. There's a path that kind of ultra runners do if they keep going, if they don't burn out after their first race. <laughs> but, I can't. I just can't. I mean, to reach the nirvana of running would be to run across America. Right. Okay, Forrest uh, Gump. There's a couple other races. Vol State. That's across Tennessee, 300 miles. But that's a, that's a tough one to get into. You kind of got to be hand-picked for that. But right. first, I have to run 100-miler, which I'm running the – this year, running-wise, I'm doing the Tennessee mile 40-hour. Right. So, I'll be out there. I've talked some strategy with Chad, and right. he's he said the idea, how about you just stay up all 40? So, I right. think, think I'll do that because whoever – Whoever's with me the whole time is who I've got to beat. So I'm going to go there. You're good. Sorry, my bad. I'm going to go there to win it. So I think I can. I know I can. It's just if I can stay awake long enough. And I'm doing sleep deprivation training, staying up for 45, 46. I think last time I did it, I stayed up for 48. Right. So, and it's hard because I start to hallucinate really bad. Yeah, I started to say sleep deprivation is one. I mean, it is intense. I watched is. a I watched a, a thing about you know serial killers. I know my husband's totally surprised, but I watched <laughs> a lot of things about serial killers, uh-huh. and a lot of that is you know what happens to a normal right. brain when they they were talking about doctors and mm-hmm. things like that who work those you know thirty six forty eight you know fifty right. hours straight yeah. that your mind is not meant to it's not endure a, that, and it will literally make you crazy. It will. I and you add in the yeah. physical. Mm-hmm. activity that you're doing from running, Makes I mean, you just worse. snap. Yeah. I'm going to need you not to snap. It's I. Here's the thing. <laughs> Whenever my opponent is sleeping, I'll still be going. Right. So if he, I mean, if he doesn't sleep, then I, regardless, I'm just going to have to keep going. Whoever yeah. my, then it's a race of the fittest. Right, it is. So, you know, it's not, I'll have time to fix things that are going wrong because I just got to be out there for 40 hours. So... I'll have, th- I'll have time to fix things, but I don't need to be wasting time sleeping. Right. So I've got to make sure that I can stay cool, calm, and collected, not sleeping for – it'll be probably around – because, you know, I'll have to wake up that morning. No, it'll start – I think it starts Friday at 4 p.m. So ho- hopefully I'm not up all day. Hopefully I can sleep. <laughs> right. But uh, – This is where I feel like I need to make the age comment. <laughs> Because only someone at that age, I mean, because you come, I don't know, hour 16 for me, and I got to lay down. Yeah, it's not It's not fun staying awake for that long. It's right. not, because the, the first time I started to train it, I was doing a hike, and I said, I, with one of my buddies, and I said, okay, we're not going to sleep until we get done. And I think we stayed up for 37 hours, and I did. I had to stop. I made him stop too and take a twenty-minute nap because he was going up to trees and giving them hugs. Wow! And I was hearing people sing and little kids run across the trail that weren't there and all this stuff. And that's just what the mind will do to you yeah. if you if you don't train it. And there's only a certain point you can train it. Eventually, you're just gonna go crazy, of course. But right. uh, yeah, and 
that's really it for running for now. Right. So, and I got a lot going on. So running's not on the back burner. It's pretty much at the top of the list, but I have to pick and choose when I can right. run run long races because of my schedule. So. so, so what's your life look like now that you're a high school graduate? I mean, what's your, what's your what's your next goal? Not the not the running. I mean, right. What's your what's your what's your what's your goal in life for now this season in your life, Darby? Right now, the very top of the list is for things to do and accomplish would be paramedic school. That takes two years. Right. Going to go straight through the summer, two summers. Uh, maybe start working. Really depends on what the nonprofit does. I, that the whole dream is for this to be a full time thing for right. me right. and to get to do this, and I did the, I, I love medicine, I love trauma medicine, all that, I have some certificate, or certificates in, like, TCCC, uh, tactical casualty care, and all that kind of stuff, wow. and it has always intrigued me, um, and I love doing it, so that's, that's the backup plan. Right. If the nonprofit stays small enough where I can do it on the side. Right. And uh, I want to use it doing mission work overseas. Nice. We've got some contacts in Southeast Asia that need help, right. that need medical care, that need people that can handle mass casualty care because there's some stuff going on there that civil wars breaking out that I'd love to go and help. So right. that's that's another motivation for me to get it done and do as well as I can. Oh, so. that's right. You you got your whole life ahead of you, honey. Do whatever you want. That's right. I, that's got, amazing. I got a lot of time, Lord willing. So, so uh, we, we talked a little bit at the beginning about the podcasting. Mm-hmm. How, how do you see that going? Is that going to be part of the nonprofit? It is. It's just, a, it's just a supplement right. to it. So if we're – because the nonprofit is – we want to do everything like like you're reading a book. Right. So things are going to be in chapters, uh, and the podcast is something where we can bring people on for them to tell their story about anything. Right. And then, you know, the – the main nonprofit will be through video and right. documentary type. And they'll be in chapters. So our first one's homelessness, and we're working on right. getting that first video out now. Right. Wow. So talking with homeless people uh, in the community, in different communities, and talking to homeless shelters and different people helping and trying to get different people's takes on it. Because I want to show, I want to change people's mind about when they when they drive by a homeless person, they think, oh, they need to just go get a job, or I bet they're a crackhead. I hear that all the time, and I'm yeah. thinking, well, maybe if you'd show them a little compassion, if you would just go say hey or smile, mm-hmm. you could just smile at them, you know, and not try to just look away because you don't want to give them money. Right. You know, just, I don't know. It just well, kind of makes me upset. It amazes me what I have figured out about the people who are homeless that you don't even know mm-hmm. are homeless. Right. You know, when I when I have met people who who don't have a home, mm-hmm. you know, whether that is they stay in their car or they sleep on someone's couch, the people that I meet who do not have a home mm-hmm. it is more than I could have imagined. Right. So when people think of homeless people, they think the guy on the street is begging, but it's so much more than that. It is, yeah. The people that, that don't have homes and that are hungry and that, you know, it, it comes in all shapes and forms. Right, it does. And that's, it It makes me upset when I hear it because I don't care if he's doing drugs. I don't right. care about if he steals. That's that's not, it doesn't matter to me 
what matters is that he doesn't have a house or maybe he's hungry and I'm just going to go get him some food. Right. Um, but I can't just drive by and let somebody not eat or let. And of course, yeah. there comes a point where, yeah, you need to get clean and you need to get a job and you need to work. But people need compassion sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. And they need to be loved. Love is a big is a big thing. People just want to feel loved. Amen. Everybody does. Yeah. And so. in this country, there's a substantial amount of homeless veterans. There is. Yeah. That's you know, a men huge and women problem. who have served our country mm-hmm. and been discarded yep like trash you know um it is it's it's it becomes just rampant ptsd the the mental illness the addiction that comes with it most of the the people i have encountered on the streets and i worked mm-hmm. downtown atlanta for 10 years um the majority of them were veterans of the united states yep well, uh, you know you're talking about compassion i think the the main issue with it is no excuse. You know, to mm-hmm. me, it, it even ramps it up even more. I'll try not to cuss. Is people can't put their self in that position, right? Yeah. But I, but I can tell you this right now: if you sit down and think about a few things, you could be homeless a lot quicker. Absolutely, than what you think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. You know That's what exactly I mean? Exactly right. Yep. From from anything from losing your job. You know, lo- losing, you know, a family member, mm-hmm. having to pay for that, a fire. Yep. And there's so many people exactly. out there that that's, that was the case mm-hmm. and that it wasn't addiction. Right. Or, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and it comes into broken relationships. Yeah, it does. You know, I mean, you have, you have people who aren't getting the help they need mm-hmm. yep. to understand that, you know, they may have children or family in the same city and they feel like they cannot go to them because of their brokenness. Yep. I just met a guy the other day. That's his exact situation he's in, whether that's true or not. That's what he's telling me. That's right. That's what I'm going to trust that that's, you know, that he's being real with me. And, you know, I've continued to pray for him, you know, through that and uh, try and go and see him as much as I can. And when you said relate, you know, I've had to sleep in my car before I've had to sleep, um, in these awful places and that nobody should be in. Right. So regardless, like my mom, she put me in that situation. She was in it too. She was an alcoholic. She still didn't, she still had to sleep in her car. She's right. still a human, still a person. That's right. So I, I don't want people to go sleep in their car, but maybe you do need to go sleep in your car or go sleep on a sidewalk to see what it really feels like. Right. To be homeless, because it's not fun, regardless of right. your situation. Absolutely. So. That's awesome. What, what, um, was you going to start? No, I was just admiring the, the nonprofit. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, we've had this conversation, just to say, you know, the people that you see, and when you encounter it as much, like for me, I mean, every, I mean, I drove downtown every day. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to kiss Darby's tail, but I, I just had the thought that somebody might say he, He's got some stuff to learn. This boy's putting in. Some I mean, work. the youngin has got some stuff. He is, he is trying to. You're <laughs> doing an awesome, dude. Where, I mean, you. where do you? How do you feel pushed on that? Do you feel pushed? Is God? You know, is God leading you in this? To, yeah, I mean, this to, is this is it's all Him that's leading me because uh, right now I feel like I can't even get out of this chair because I'm so tired. Right. Because of how much has to be done every day just for trying to get the nonprofit ready. Like I've had to build this studio. I've had help, but we've, 
woken up early and I've hadn't gone to bed till two or three o'clock in the morning because I've had right. to work another job to be able to support the nonprofit while we're getting it going. Right. You know, uh, but I wouldn't be, a, I wouldn't, if I didn't feel so led to do it, I would have stayed in bed and not gotten things going. Right. And, uh, oh, for sure. I got a teenage boy. I yeah. know. <laughs> right. And it's weird. I never, there was never like a voice in my head and say, you know, you need to do this. But when the idea popped into my head, I, it was like I was a fish on a hook yeah. and I was being reeled in and I'm constantly being reeled in to new things and got to do this. You got to do this. You got to get this done. And it's, I mean, that is the an, voice of God. Yeah, it is. And it's another full-time job, but there's nothing that he's going to put on my plate that I can't handle. That's right. So, and I just have to keep reminding myself that when I want to go crazy, when I just want to sleep, but there's yeah. some things, other things that got to be done. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's all, it's all for him. It's n- none of this is for me. Believe that's awesome. That. So, that's praise, awesome. Praise God. This has been a lot of fun. It has. I was sitting here thinking, I, I could sit here and talk all day. Right. Me with too. The, this with, is awesome. With this kid, I, I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm blown away. Well, let's uh, let's leave them with this, Darby. Mm-hmm. I think your your testimony, your story of going through what you went through mm-hmm. when you was really young. There's a kid out there going through that. There's right. a grandmama out there that sees a grandchild going through that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a mama out there that's doing that to mm-hmm. a kid. Right. Um. All the way to a father that yep. maybe can't be as involved just like your dad right, was. Exactly. That, that is going to hear this. Mm-hmm. What would you leave them with? What would you say? For the for the kid that might be in the situation that I'm in? Yeah. Uh, all depends on the situation, but I really encourage you to get out of it as fast as you can. Because I don't think... I think I was meant, it was meant for me, but I think for some people, God will show you the way to get out because you need to get out. Mm-hmm. So I would start to try to do whatever it takes to get out. I'll, you know, the system is really bad right now. Defects, all that. That's a whole, that could be, right. we could talk another, because they. 12 podcast. Yep, they, <laughs> Word. They have done me over more times than I can count. I wouldn't be sitting here if they didn't do me over. So luckily. They did, right. but uh, you need to you need to try to get out, uh, and you need to have something to put your faith in, and I and I really hope that it's Jesus, I really I do. Believe that. Wow. And uh, if you're if you're a parent that's an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever you are, whatever you're whatever you're dealing with, uh, you need to go get help. I don't I don't I don't know. You need to go to rehab, I guess. That would be the first place to start. But you have to tell yourself that you have a problem and that if you're not going to do it for you, you need to do it for your son or for your daughter because if you don't do it for them, then you're not going to do it for yourself. Right. you got to have a bigger reason to do something other than just you. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you're all you have, yeah. so you think. So, some, I mean, and, of course, it is for you, but if you can't, Find the will to do it for you. Do it for your kids at least. Right. So. Well, you know, they say, you know, they say for us, it's, we believe that, you know, it's a power greater than ourselves mm-hmm. is what will relieve us right. of our addiction. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it that's will. it. 
Yep. And until you, you know, we have that, I mean, whatever the addiction is, you know, it can be, you can be delivered from it. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, you got anything else, Jessica? I will always have something else, but <laughs> I, I mean, he, I, I mean, how you follow that? You can't follow Darby. You, I mean, Cooney, Cooney. what he said was profound. Cooney said, you going up there to see the Darbster? Everybody calls me that. He he said yeah. I, he said I bet you don't call him the Darbster. So you can't follow the Darbster. I can't, man. He he dropped the mic hot. He did. I'm out. I'm all over the place, but I hope people got what they needed to out of this. It was great. It was so. better than I could have imagined. Awesome, Darby. If if there's anything we can do for you, brother. I mean, you actually made me feel like a lazy slob with everything you've no, got going I on. <laughs> I'm like, you you try to run an ultra marathon? Whoa, easy, cuz. <laughs> easy, cuz. Uh, but uh, if there's any way we can help, man, that's I right. Let that. us you know. Guys too. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna check in with you and and, and push you on that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd, right. I'd, yeah. li- I'd like to help in any way I can. Definitely. And feel free to give my name and number to anybody you know that may need it or want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, I will. Any anybody, we're not <laughs> experts by no means, but we we uh, I can dang sure get on my knees and do some praying. That's with right. Them. That's right? all you and can do. And we can sometimes. share our experience, mm-hmm. strength, and hope. That's right. You got anything else, Darbster? I think I'm good. All right, man. I'm good. All right. You guys good? We good, brother. All right. All right. We'll holler at y'all. Bye.